Election laws in California are out of whack. Crime is on the rise. Again, King Gavin lost his cool in a Zoom meeting and mandates. Again, vaccine, mask, all of the mandates. We've got a great guest for you to talk about all of those things and more today. Judge Steve Bailey, who's running for California Attorney General, is with us. Thanks so much for tuning into The Joe Bob Show. It starts right about now. Three, two, one. Here we go. A dingy bunker completely cut off from the outside world. My name is Joe Bob. This is the Joe Bob Show. Thanks for tuning in. Today is, how did it already get to be August 11th, 2021? The year that everything went back to normal, supposedly, maybe. Uh, but today we have a great guest for you. Judge Stephen Bailey is here with us to talk politics, California, and around the rest of the country. Uh, election laws in California. There's a big election coming up in California. We should know some of the election laws. King Gavin lost his cool. Mandates are back in uh, in the forefront of opinion and crime is on the rise in California. All things we'd love to talk with, or hopefully the next Attorney General of California. But before we do that, I quickly have to tell you about capitalist propaganda. Now you may think capitalist propaganda, isn't that a bad thing? Yeah. If you're AOC, capitalist propaganda is a bad thing for the rest of us. Apparently we have to defend capitalism nowadays. So head on over to capitalistpropaganda.us where you can get all of your favorite capitalist propaganda gear, help spread capitalist propaganda to defeat the empire. Capitalist propaganda is the shirt I'm wearing today. Uh, this is probably my favorite one. Capitalism, go ahead, use your iPhone to tweet about how much you hate me. You're welcome, capitalism, capitalism rocks. All of your favorite capitalism gear over at capitalistpropaganda.us. Tell your friends that their socialist ideas aren't the best ideas and will probably lead to the downfall of society. Anyways, head over to Capitalist Propaganda to get all of that cool stuff. So without further ado, we want to talk about election laws, crime on the rise, uh, Gavin Newsom losing his cool YouTube suspending Dr. Rand Paul. We're going to talk about all of that with a guy who's been serving as an attorney and on the bench for the last 30 years and is now running for California Attorney General. Please welcome Judge Steve Bailey to the show. How you doing, Judge? Doing great. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> all right. So really quick, just want to get into things. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, Crime in California is on the rise, unfortunately. There's a really interesting LA Times article out. Homicides in California jumped 31% last year, making it the deadliest year since 2007. 2,202 homicides last year, up more than 523 in 2019. Um, what is going on in the crime-riddled California? You're running for attorney general of California. Obviously, the law has a lot to do with whether or not crime is being committed. Uh, what's your take just on the surface level of why crime is through the roof in the Golden State? Yeah, for about the last 10 years, what's been happening is the legislature and, unfortunately, the voters have been fooled into... Um, mm -hmm. Uh, watering down our criminal justice system. Um, mm -hmm. Things such as changing theft, um, the felony theft rule to um, $950 mm -hmm. uh, to get a, a felony for going into, say, a Target and just loading yourself up 
and walking out with uh, their products, um, it's, you know, it's become a reward for thieves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you don't enforce the law in one area, it's going to breed lawlessness in others. And a lot of these people have been to state prison before. They've been turned back on the streets into your neighborhood. Um, They are not afraid of going back to state prison. Frankly, um, felons are pretty sophisticated. They realize that when there is uh, nobody's going to enforce the law, then they're going to go out and commit new and many times more violent crimes than they did before. Yeah, and I was going to say a lot of the talk around the criminal culture that's developed in California, nobody is saying these people aren't dumb. People that are stealing stuff or or thieves um, may not be the most upright standing citizens, but they're also not stupid. They know that if in California you steal anything under $950, it's essentially a traffic ticket and a slap on the wrist. So they're coming in with calculators into these big box stores and just taking whatever they want and going for it because they're they're not, uh, not dumb people who just can't figure out that uh, that's they're not going to get anything for that. It's it's just a that seems to be the problem that I see quite a bit. Yeah, likely they're not going to do any time in jail for a for stealing nine hundred and forty nine dollars or less. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's worse than that. Um, yeah. they can go from Target to you know the Kmart next door or the mom and pop store uh, down the street. And they can steal $949 each and every place and end up with three misdemeanors. Three Holy misdemeanors cow. isn't even going to get you a year in the county jail. Yeah. These people, wow. they know um, the criminal justice, the sentencing laws better than the lawyers do. Wow. And they calculate out, you know, how much time is this case worth? What are three misdemeanors worth? A, maybe six months in the county jail, which to them really means three months in the county jail. That's if just you get prosecuted doing business. Yeah, and that's if you get prosecuted, which we're seeing up in San Francisco, Francisco, Chesa Bodine, and down here in LA, uh, George Gascon aren't even prosecuting people nowadays, which is just, uh, I, and I actually don't know this. This is just a, an actual question. Does the attorney general have any sort of say over um, district attorneys in the county areas or how, to, how does that whole system work? Right. The attorney general has general authority over the local uh, district attorneys. Uh, Typically, the uh, district attorney controls prosecution. Got Um, it. But think of the power of the bully pulpit. If you Mm -hmm. had an attorney general that was really concerned about prosecuting crime and cleaning our streets up, uh, Mm -hmm. think of the power that the attorney general would have to send uh, deputy AGs into parole hearings to say that this individual should not be paroled. You know, mm-hmm. the governor is on a bent right now to release another 75,000 inmates out of our state prison system. If he were wow. to do that. Now, they don't just get out because he says, I want to release them. Mm-hmm. They've all got to go through the parole board. But mm-hmm. some of these people were individuals that I and my colleagues, when I was on the bench, sent to prison for a reason. We didn't send them there because we took a coin and flipped it in the air. Mm -hmm. We sent them there because they were really bad people who could not conform 
with even the basic norms of society. They were preying upon uh, your friends, um, my kids, my uh, grandkids, and frankly, it, it just was to the point where we were trying to clean the streets up. This governor and this attorney general uh, that we have today and prior ones, prior to, to um, the one that's been appointed, mm-hmm. uh, were letting people out of prison faster than we could put them there. Wow. Moreover, Kamala Harris, um, Javier Bracetta, um, spent their time along with Jerry Brown and Gavin Newsom in, in uh, ref, quote, reforming our criminal justice laws. Um, as a judge, people who had absolutely put those air quotes in there, mm-hmm. because as a judge, I was being forced to clean people's records that after you know 20 years as an attorney at that time, I could look at and I knew that they got sweetheart deals. And to me, that was wrong. And that's one of the reasons why I retired from the bench and ran for attorney general in 2018, Hmm. because I looked at it and said, this is, I cannot in good conscience continue to do what the law is telling me to do. We've got to make fundamental changes in California. Otherwise, our streets, if you think that a 31% increase in crime is bad, Wait mm-hmm. until they put another 75,000 people back on the street. Back on the streets. Then try to make sure that uh, uh, the streets remain safe. Here's what I think is interesting, too. This is another uh, statistic from that same L.A. Times article. Black people accounted for nearly one third of all of the victims of the nation's most populous state. Black people make up 6.5 percent of California's population, but account for 31 percent of all victims last year. Latino people make up 45 percent of all victims, uh, while 16 percent were white. So. The party that is in total control of the state, they have every statewide elected office, they have super majorities in both house, and is supposedly proponents of closing this racial gap, has a massive disproportionate problem that affects black people and minorities, and they're not doing anything about it. And many can argue that they're pushing the legal ramifications that's leading to this overwhelming disparity. Uh, Is that more or less accurate from your point of view? It is accurate. And the the real problem is, is that we so often forget that um, um, crime is being perpetrated. It's it's generally black on black crime, Latino on Latino crime. You know, it it doesn't really cross racial spectrums. Um, Consequently, you know, if we're not policing effectively within the black community or the Latino community or the Asian community, any if community, we're, any community, yeah, uh, we're going to end up with people that live predominantly. You know, if they're they're uh, black individuals living in a, a particular area. Mm-hmm. And there's a high crime rate. You've got to go in there. You've got to do the Rudy, Rudy Giuliani policing yep. method, and that no is broken the broken windows. window. Mm-hmm. Um, you've really got to, you know, put pressure on the criminals. That's how you run criminals out of neighborhoods. You also have to be willing to put them in in jail. There has to be a consequence for crime. Hmm. Um, and when there's no consequence, 
And that's where we've gotten ourselves to. Now you've got serious problems. Now, the attorney general sitting, uh, Rob Bonta, who was appointed by King Gavin after Xavier Vicera went to Health and Human Services in D.C., said this. It's unclear why homicides have jumped. Wow. Uh, it's unclear. We have no idea why this is happening. But he drew a connection to the 65% increase. Guess, guess what? In handgun sales. So, nope, not the legal problems, not the culture, not the people. It's the guns, says sitting attorney general Rob Bonta of California. Uh, so, you know, just completely pushing that off to the other side. You know what else the attorney general, uh, at least I think, oversees? Um, are laws like election laws. And again, I, I may not know what I'm talking about here, but uh, it seems that the attorney general has some sort of sway over the enforcement or um, even craft it, helping the legislature craft voting laws. Uh, in California, we've got some crazy voting laws. We don't purge the voter rolls. Ballot harvesting is a massive issue. What can someone in the attorney general's seat do to kind of at least make California elections a little bit less sporadic and all, all over the place. Yeah, what, what the Attorney General's responsibility is towards election laws is um, investigating, searching out fraud in the system. You know, in the, mm -hmm. in the Secretary of State's office, Secretary of State has primary responsibility over enforcing yeah. California's oh, election okay. law. Believe it or not, in the Secretary of State's office, there are two election fraud investigators. That's oh. it. For so all for, 40 so million of us, we've got two. Um, <laughs> and, and that's where the Attorney General's office really becomes uh, important. Because, um, you know, to have fair and free and transparent elections, you've got to have somebody that oversees what's going on. And the attorney general has the investigators and has the absolute authority to go in and investigate election fraud. It's yeah. not that we haven't known for years that there's fraud in California. Mm -hmm. uh, it's that nobody has spent any time investigating it. Every election they just simply announced was fair. Well, the fact <laughs> of the matter is... Um, at Stanford Law School, for example, they use Fresno County as an example of where there has been systemic election uh, corruption for years and years when they teach their election law seminars. Well, if, if Stanford University is going to use Fresno as an example, how come we haven't uh, searched that out, investigated it, and cleaned up some of the locations. Now, it's not all over Fresno County, but yeah. there are some specific areas in Fresno County that have a reputation for having fraudulent elections. Wow. What, Interesting. What has the Attorney General been doing to uh, examine that problem? Yeah. Literally nothing <laughs> uh, for decades. And yeah, that's I, where we need to have an attorney general here in this state that's going to look into election fraud, um, yeah. examine it, and then prosecute it if they find it. 
Now, I'm curious, uh, and this is more of a question for you as a legal mind as opposed to a, a candidate for attorney general. What do you make of the ballot harvesting issue? Uh, obviously, there have been several lawsuits filed. Uh, Supreme Court ruled in Arizona that the state can't completely outlaw ballot harvesting. I think I'm getting that right. But just the overhaul ballot harvesting thing from a legal perspective, how do you see that playing out over the next couple election cycles, the next couple of years? Well, you know, the Democrat Party came up with election, this harvesting mm -hmm. uh, program. And when the Republicans began to use it, yeah. they've been cracking down. You know, they Republicans began to put uh, um, uh, boxes out. Ball so ballot you could, boxes, yeah. Yeah, you could collect ballots. Mm -hmm. They want to, the legislature now wants to outlaw that. Um you know, here it is. It becomes this big game. Uh, they use it effectively in the 2018 election mm -hmm. cycle. That's really the first time it was used effectively. Yeah. And now Republicans want to use it and follow the same rules that the Democrats set up. They're becoming election integrity ad advocates now. We're going <laughs> to ban this stuff. I mean, it, it becomes a complete joke. And, and you know, that that's harmful to our election process. Yeah. When one side politicizes how elections are going to be run, ballot harvesting, if it's going to be used by one party, needs to be available for both parties. Yeah. Um, you know, you just set up the rules, keep the rules constant, and mm. then let the parties, you know, run their campaigns um, within the confines of the rules. It's election fraud when prior to this ballot harvesting, you would send somebody out uh, to your house mm -hmm. to pick up your ballot. That was yeah. fraudulent. So the legislature decided after they were notified that what was being done was illegal under California law, they changed the law. I mm. don't have a problem fundamentally with the legislature changing the law and setting up new rules for how elections are going to be conducted, uh -huh. as long as those rules are consistent, are enforced consistently, and are available to all parties. And I'm not talking about political parties, but just all the people that are uh, engaged in campaigns. What we've got here in California is this constantly changing uh, process of elections mm -hmm. where as long as it's good for the progressives and the Democrats, uh, we're going to change the law. As soon as somebody else begins to use those rules that they set up, now we've got to modify it because we don't want the other side to be able to to uh, use those rules. And that's the problem with ballot harvesting. Okay, so you don't necessarily have a problem with people going door to door picking up ballots. I see personally, I I do because I can think of a million ways to cheat it's, in that process. It is um, fraught with the ability to uh, perpetrate fraud. Mm -hmm. I yeah. agree with you completely. Mm -hmm. the The problem is, is if you're going to do that, and I don't advocate that we have ballot harvesting at all. Frankly. Mm -hmm. If you can't get down to a polling place and vote, or you can't get the ballot down within to the two weeks in your mailbox, with all of the other ways to vote, if you can't do it, yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah, two weeks. It's not even two weeks. It is um, 15 days after the election. If you can get that ballot postmarked and in, 
you're okay. So we don't just have one day of voting now. We have 30 days in advance, and we have 15 days afterwards uh, under certain circumstances to vote. You know, we have 45-day elections now, as opposed to what many of us, election day, particularly the older generations, mm-hmm. you know, we used to go, you had one day, you didn't have anything in advance and you didn't have anything afterwards. It was one day. If your ballot wasn't in, tough, you were out of luck. Now we have a 45-day election. And that's yeah. why we now begin to say, gee, maybe I doubt the validity of the outcome of this election. And that's yeah. where the problem is. So in the at the at the state level, um, there's a lot of mandates that came out of the governor's mansion, uh, including well, Kevin Kiley went and sued Gavin in uh, in court one. Then the Gavin appealed. They overturned the win. I'm not sure if I'm explaining all that right. We had Kevin Kiley on the other week explaining all that. But anyways, um, lots of mandates coming out of the governor's mansion. Even more mandates coming down. As we speak, so we want to talk about that, but really quick, I uh, have to tell you about Capitalist Propaganda, uh, the clothing company that is bravely sponsoring this show and supporting capitalism because apparently we have to defend capitalism again. So head on over to capitalistpropaganda.us, get all of your favorite capitalist propaganda gear. Um, I know that's a term that maybe isn't uh, doesn't sit well with people, but apparently, again, like I said, we got to promote capitalism. So head on over to capitalistpropaganda.us, get all of the gear that tells your socialist friends that their ideas are no good. Not at all, not even close to awesome. Um, but anyways, to get back to it, I want to ask uh, Steve Bailey, Judge Stephen Bailey, about the mandates that are coming down from the state level. Mask mandates, uh, again, at the state level and at the county level, at the local level, um, what are the differences between those two? And then also just about the vaccine mandate. So, so first, uh, mask mandates. What what are your thoughts? Again, from a state level to a county level to a more local level, do those differ much? Well, they don't differ much, and the reason is is that um, the authority to impose these uh, um, mask mandates or vaccine mandates is all emanating out of the California Department of Health and it's all predicated on the governor's original stay-at-home order. When he um, oh. when he implemented the emergency declaration back in March of 2020, that gave him allegedly the authority that he needs to impose lockdowns, uh, close businesses, hmm. order masks, um, frankly, you know, to the extent you imagine what power the governor might want under the Emergency Services Act, that original declaration is what uh, that power emanates from. Um, still? Still. The wow. one thing the governor has never done is he's never repealed and eliminated the original declarations that he made or the original order on stay at home. So when we start talking about, you know, King Gavin, truly you're talking about King Gavin because he could tomorrow, if he so chose um, and didn't have a recall that he was facing, he -hmm. could simply order you to stay in your home. Um, During the course of the mandate, um, most of us didn't realize, but he ordered 
um, back in December of 2020 that you couldn't go. You were absolutely prohibited if you were a non-essential individual in the state of California, uh, which was most of us. Um, You couldn't go more than two hours from your home. Wow. Which meant if you owned um, property, say, in uh, Mammoth and you lived in Los Angeles, you actually couldn't go visit your own property. You could pay the mortgage on it, but you couldn't go to it. So we're we're still in an emergency right now? You are. And that's what- Everybody panic! (laughs) Um, That's right. uh, (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and that's where when we start calling talking about a king this is where it really becomes uh, true and comes home because what he can do under this emergency declaration in the name of public health uh-huh. um, as long as he ties it to public health he can order anything he wow. could order that you couldn't uh, shake hands that that would become a crime uh, he could order that you can't, you know, like the the idiots back at the CDC, you must wear masks around your kids. At home. He could do that. At home. He could do that. Um, <laughs> and the local authorities that are imposing mask mandates, it's not that they just make it up. They use the authority granted uh, by the governor and indirectly by California law to stem um, health emergencies, in wow. which case it means they have unlimited power unless the California legislature acts to limit their power or um, we eliminate um, this emergency declaration. When the declaration goes away, the governor's power to act like a king goes away. So speaking of kings, um, this is, uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. This isn't uh, California related. Again, this is more of a legal minded question. It, well, actually, because all of these companies are based in Silicon Valley, California, uh, YouTube booted Rand Paul off of YouTube for seven days. This headline is from NBC News. YouTube suspends Senator Rand Paul over a video falsely claiming masks were ineffective. YouTube said, we are removing content from Senator Paul's channel, including claims that masks are ineffective in preventing contraction or transmission of COVID-19 in accordance with our COVID misinformation policies. Rand Paul then tweeted, left-wing cretins at YouTube banning me for seven days for a video that quotes two peer-reviewed articles saying that cloth masks don't work. All in all, I'm curious your thoughts, especially since Facebook, YouTube, those companies are here in California. What do you make of this whole censoring misinformation and who gets to call information misinformation and who gets to decide all of that? What Maybe... Spirit of the law versus letter of the law. What are are your thoughts on this whole free speech censor craziness that's going on? Well, my my basic thought is that the government is um, coercing big tech into censoring free speech. And as Mm -hmm. such, the First Amendment applies to it. And if they can't uh, comply with the First Amendment, then ultimately what needs to be needs to happen is we need to take our antitrust laws, we need to apply it to big tech, break them up, and um, make them, treat them 
as a business that is in a small enough piece that we can uh, get some competition in the marketplace. The problem ultimately, and when you talk about uh, capitalist propaganda, the issue (laughs) really is um, the inability to break up um, the monopolies. Mm -hmm. And until we as Republicans, until we as conservatives um, are willing to take on these monopolies, break them up, and put some competition back into the marketplace, we're going to have these companies censoring our ability to uh, speak. Hmm. To take Rand Paul off of YouTube because he's speaking the truth. Who, who is it? Mass, also a medical doctor. Also, Rand, also Rand a, Paul, medical doctor. Yes, a medical doctor, uh, but he's quoting peer-reviewed meaning other doctors had reviewed those articles, peer-reviewed reports that I believe he got off the CDC website. Um, Wow. You know, you start quoting those, and that doesn't meet uh, YouTube's, uh, quote, standards. They have no standard, if that's the case. The only standard they have is uh, what we say uh, is going to be declared the truth, and what you say, we don't want to hear. Yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, that's that's fascinating. So you're uh, saying, you know, we if YouTube and Facebook and all of these big tech platforms consider censoring, uh, might be time to throw the antitrust laws at them and uh, right. bring some competition back in the market. Interesting. Well, so- and you know, here's what's happening in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably around 20 or more Republican and Democrat attorney generals that have brought suit to break up these tech companies. Mm -hmm. What would happen if California all of a sudden had an attorney general that joined that lawsuit? It would be Hmm. earth shaking. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That would be uh, that would be that would be huge. Um, So this is to kind of close on a more uh, lighthearted note. I wanted to play this clip for you. King Gavin was being interviewed yesterday by several different media types. And uh, this is this is what he sounded like. There's a couple clips. I'll skip through a couple different parts of it. Uh, Got a little bit testy in there. Damn nice. If our homegrown team start focusing on what's right. Everybody outside this state is bitching about this state. Per day. <laughs> and guys, forgive me. I, I know I'm a little pointed today, but I've been taking a lot. A few folks for a lot of months. So it's nice to be able to express myself too. <laughs> so uh, video is a little bit choppy, but uh, you can see there King Gavin uh, getting a little bit testy with reporters uh, who are we're asking uh, very serious questions of his handling of situations, uh, and he kind of pops up. Uh, again, put, taking off your attorney hat, maybe putting on your political hat as the polls tighten, do you think that all of this stuff is getting to him just a little bit? I think it's getting to him big time. The people, yeah. Republicans, Democrats, no party preference, Greens, It doesn't matter what uh, political party or non-party that you're in. People in California are fed up with, as you've rightly put it, King Gavin. Uh, We want to be free. I don't care whether you're Republican, Democrat, progressive, liberal, uh, conservative. 
what we demand here in California is freedom, mm-hmm. freedom to think as we wish to think, freedom to do as we wish to do. Um, this state, you know, more than anything is very libertarian, always yeah. has been. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, give us our freedom back. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Sacramento thinks that everything has to be micromanaged. We were promised in the beginning of this pandemic that if we just locked down for 15 days and bent that curve, things would go back to normal. But once the politicians got power and realized you know, how intoxicating that power is, mm-hmm. then they couldn't regulate us enough. Stay in your home. Don't go more than two hours away. You can't go to a restaurant. Why? Not because the restaurant was provide was uh, a super spreader. No, because if you go congregate there, uh, one, you're going to have fun, and two, <laughs> you might get too close to people. You know, like like duh. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, people, Democrats, Republicans, waiters, hairstylists, uh, the guy who's working uh, at the uh, True Value Hardware, who, by the way, wasn't considered important enough. If he'd just gone down the street and worked at Home Depot, yep. they were important, yep. um, mainly because they're big campaign contribution con- contri- contributors to the uh, to the left. Mm-hmm. And yet, the rest of us, none of us were important enough to get to King Newsom. We're going to yeah. get rid of him on September 14th. We're going to put somebody in there who has some courage, who gives us our freedom back, not just, you know, this, uh, you know, talking about how, you know, if we just go a little bit longer, we're going to get our freedom. Do you have a candidate in mind? Anybody that you're endorsing, you staying out of it? Well, I'm, I'm staying out of it, but I think yeah. our, uh, our leading candidates, the Larry Elders, the Kevin Kiley's, the Doug mm-hmm. Oseys, the John Cox, number one, any of the candidates on the Republican side, um, all the way down to the one that, you know, you think, uh, hardly think about, any of those would be better than the one we've got. But the top of the top tier of candidates are outstanding candidates. They know how to administer and run state government. And so Mm -hmm. I would be proud to have any of those as our next governor. And I expect that one of them will be our next governor. Um, And I'm going to help each and every one of them. I will give a shout out um, to Kevin Kiley, however, because I think your listeners need to know about him. He Mm -hmm. and Jim Gallagher were, as you referred to earlier, the only two California legislators um, in any party to stand up and be counted. And I'll tell you, when they stood up to be counted and went to court to sue this king, um, you know, the court responded to what they had to say. The trial court got the whole picture. And that ruling um, was one of absolute courage by that particular judge, but also by uh, Jim Gallagher and Kevin Kiley. They, regardless of whether he wins the governorship, and I'm not endorsing anyone, Mm -hmm. but regardless, we owe him for standing up and really um, being counted 
um, on the issues that were important, the issue of freedom um, for the people of California. Totally. Well, awesome. Yeah, hopefully, you know, uh, September 14th can kind of be the pendulum swinging back the other way as California has gone off the deep end in so many ways. And, and hopefully right. you can ride, ride those coattails in, in 2022. So uh, Judge Stephen Bailey, thanks so much for, for coming on today. We'll have to have you back as the things as, uh, we get closer to the 2022 election, try and take out uh, Attorney General Rob Bonta. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate all the insight and, and best of luck to your 2022 campaign. Thank you. I really appreciate being here today. <laughs> Thanks so much. So we covered a lot. And if you missed any of it, make sure to go to Facebook or YouTube or the podcast apps, wherever you listen to podcasts, take in content, get the entire show. Great conversation with Judge Stephen Bailey, candidate for attorney general in California in 2022 against Rob Bonta. Um, Find The Joe Bob Show anywhere you get podcasts, anywhere you listen to anything, anywhere you watch anything. And also, make sure to go check out my show, Quality Control, over on Daily Caller. Did a really fun one last week on vaccine mandates uh, and why they're completely unnecessary. According to CDC data this week, we've got another fun one coming out. So get over to Quality Control on Daily Caller. Check that out. Also, lastly, thank you to our sponsor, Capitalist Propaganda. Head over to capitalistpropaganda.us. Get the gear that tells your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck. Thanks so much for watching The Joe Bob Show. We had a great time. We will see you tomorrow with Omar Navarro, congressional candidate against Maxine Waters, also in the state of California. He's a firecracker, so we're looking forward to that one. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. <laughs>